Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. And if you are new here, Welcome. I hope you enjoy the one podcast out there dedicated all for working with the older speech students. I know it can be a challenge working with them, and I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be. So today we're going to be talking all about how do we decide what goals to work on, right? I often get asked about goals based on the results of like the self or whatever standardized tests that are given. And I'm here to let you know that I don't like to use the results to base my goals upon, okay? I like to use it to justify the services that I'm giving and use it as a starting point. We all know that we have to generate an IEP and we have to deal with the higher-ups with funding and things like that. So we need those standardized results to justify our services and for billing and all that fun stuff. But have you ever seen a middle schooler pointing to X's and O's? Or how about repeating verbatim what they just heard? Like, clearly not. Like, those are the tasks that are given on the self. If we were making goals based on what they did wrong, we're going to be still working on X's and O's and repeating back verbatim for years and years and years. That's not needed in the classroom. We are here to work on tasks similar to the assessments, but we need to think about more than just those tasks. It's not going to help our students in the classroom or in society to be pointing to X's and O's because that's not clearly what they're doing in the classroom. That's what they did poorly on those standardized tests. But if we were writing the goals based on those test results, we we're going to be working on X's and O's for years and years and years. And our lessons are going to be boring. And our students are clearly not going to be motivated to work with us. 
And that's when we get those kickbacks. So before I address what our students do need and sample goals and objectives, let's take a minute to think about what more information we need after we get some below average standardized tests. In order to get a full picture of what our students need, we need to gather as much information as possible. I know this can be tough in the, in the schools. I sometimes have 30 minutes, 40 minutes to assess a kid. Sometimes they're out. There's things going on. I'm pulling them in between groups. I'm having to cancel things. The, the meetings tomorrow, I don't even have time to score it, let alone know if they score below average or not to probe even further. But in order to get a full picture of what our students need, we need to gather as much information as possible. Student reports, sample work, classroom observations, dynamic assessment to see if they are just not exposed and capable of learning. The one important piece is the informal assessment. So a lot of these things you can do before you even get to the assessment process. Like you can observe the student, you can gather all those things. That could be part of like your RTI predetermination process. So you already have some information to say, okay, the teacher's seeing all these things. Let me see it now for myself, okay? If this teacher's saying they're struggling to participate, they're struggling to answer questions, they like use their comments and probe further and say, where are they struggling? What are they capable? And see it for yourselves. Okay, so you're probably asking, what are informal assessments? Where, where do I get these things? Before I share what I use, we need to assess what our students need in the classroom and where is the breakdown, okay? So we have that information from the evaluation that lets us know if it's receptive, expressive, vocabulary, okay? Now we need to see how they do with the language academic tasks. I like to keep in a file folder right next to my, on my desk some sample things ready to go. So when I see how they're struggling while I'm evaluating them, I can easily just pull something out and use it. I don't have to scramble to find something. I have a bunch of samples ready to go. What are our students expected in the classroom? In the social studies classroom, they're expected to write essays, understand order of events, learn new vocabulary, use charts and graphs, and so much more. All those things require language. So your teacher might be saying they're struggling to answer questions. They're struggling to learn new vocabulary. Take what they're noticing and see how we can probe a little further with us. Clearly, we aren't going to assess all classes and subjects. We can take a glimpse at how they are doing on language comprehension tasks. You can take any reading passage or activity and have the student complete it to see where the breakdown is and use their strengths and weaknesses. We clearly can't work on it all, and we clearly can't assess it all in a short time span. So we need to just get a quick glimpse based on what we notice in our evaluation and what the teacher noticed and try to just go a little bit further. So how do we know where to begin when they're struggling on so many aspects and they need so many things, right? So we probed, we have all these things. Now what do we do? They can't do a lot of things. Well, we can't work on everything, right? We only have them for a year. I only like to write two or three goals for a year because it's an annual goal. It doesn't mean if they master those goals that they're ready to be discharged, right? Inside of SLP Elevate, I teach my members about using Bloom's taxonomy as a hierarchy. Teachers are expected to have students achieve all levels in a lesson, and they're expected to recall, understand, apply information in various tasks. We know as SLPs that if students struggle to recall, they clearly cannot move that hierarchy. Okay, if you Google Bloom's taxonomy, you see that the lower level is recall. And as they move up, it's more complex and abstract. They're not going to be able to move up a hierarchy if they don't have that lower piece. That is why I like to teach it as a framework. I provide members with a history of Legos passage with tasks at each level of the hierarchy to see where their students are. 
And it gives us a little picture of where to start instead of just throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping it sticks, right? So many times when our students are struggling with everything, we just pick something randomly out of a hat. It looks good. I found a goal online, so I'm going to do it. Or the teacher said they can't do this, so I'm going to work on that. But that might not be the level where they're at. We need to see what have they mastered and where's that level of breakdown? How much of that hierarchy are they struggling with? They can't do main idea if they can't do basic recall. They can't do predicting if they can't summarize. They can't infer if they are still struggling with context clues and understanding basic vocabulary. If they're not understanding what they're hearing or reading, they can't have a deeper understanding and make inferences. Look at those levels. And if you Google Bloom's taxonomy, you'll also see so many verbs that are really tied into many of our goals. So you can get an idea of, oh, okay, my students can't do this. I need to go back on the level and really probe at each level. And that's where a lot of times in the beginning of the school year, I like to start at the basic level. Let's get my students to be feel successful, even if that's not their goal. Let's get that quick win, okay? So the more information we can gather while we have that student in front of us, it'll help us create a more appropriate plan for them. We can focus on what they truly need first, and show them they can be successful. So many questions I get asked is, you know, my students are avoiding, they're frustrated, they're overwhelmed, they're not willing to take risks. If we start where they're successful and use their strengths as a starting point, get them that quick win in the beginning, you're going to have such an easier year with them. They're going to be like, oh, with my speech teacher, I know I'm going to be successful. I have had a student, that's a student that said to me, in class, I don't like to read or participate, but in here I do, I know it can be successful. He literally said that to me. So it's proof that by using their levels and the skills that they need and where they're at, you're going to get so much more buy-in, okay? They will also see how to use the strategies taught in speech outside of the speech room. Boom, carryover, right? Okay, when thinking about where to begin with goal writing, we need to take a step back and address the gaps in the assessment process. You can even do this during IEP writing time if you're not reevaluating, Right. So many times it's like, okay, I didn't assess them again, so I don't know where they're at. Well, use that speech session and take a baseline tool like the history of Legos, whatever, take any readworks.org, take anything and see where they're at. What kind of questions are they struggling? Where is that gap? You can take out any, again, like I said, take any baseline tool and see how they're performing now. How can we move to the next level? Are we ready to focus on a new skill that is necessary throughout their academic career? You want to constantly every year and even throughout the year during progress monitoring time, take out a baseline tool, take out something, just take some sort of practice and ask different question types and say, okay, hmm, have they mastered it? Are we ready to move on? If you want to learn more about Bloom's taxonomy and like this history of Lego's baseline tool that I keep mentioning, you can head on over to slpelevate.com to learn more about my membership for SLPs working with older students. Not only do you get thematic resources each month that are super easy to use and engaging, you also get the help you need to better understand what to work on and why and how to teach it. I am here to help you be the best SLPs you can be so you can spend more time doing what you love and spend less time doing the busy work. There's so many things that we have on our plates as SLPs. And my goal is to let you just wake up, drink your cup of coffee and go to work and do what you got to do and not spend so much time thinking about what to work on and how to work on it. So I hope you found this episode helpful in just thinking about when determining goals the best thing to do is get as much information as possible. Again, using some sort of baseline tool like my Le- History of Legos resource or any, there's so many 
informal assessments on Teachers Pay Teachers as well. But mine is designed for thinking of the different levels of comprehension, thinking Bloom's taxonomy for your older speech students. Okay, this is not designed for the lower ones that are working on prepositions and basic WH questions and basic sentence structure. These are your students that are in your resource room and inclusion classes that are getting general education content and are still struggling. You're struggling readers. Your readers, in order to be an effective reader, they need decoding and language comprehension. So in order for language comprehension, they need to have that Bloom's taxonomy. They need to have that language skills in order to access the curriculum and we can help. And that's why, again, like I said, I like to only write two, maybe three goals annually and think about where are they at right now? Not what they need in the classroom, just because the teacher says they can't do X, Y, and Z. They have different expectations based on the curriculum. We have the ability to teach them where they're at, slow, tons of repetition, and really build their confidence. So the more appropriate the goals you write, one, they will master them. Two, they will feel successful. And three, your students will understand why they're there. All right. Until next week, I hope you found this helpful. Leave me a comment. Let me know. Send me a DM. I always love hearing from you guys and getting feedback. But I always, of course, end my episodes with a joke. Why did the kid eat his homework? Because his teacher said it was a piece of cake. ching. All right, guys, until next week, stay out of trouble. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. It means the world to me that you're tuning in each and every week and getting the jolt of inspiration you need. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at my website, speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.